All right. <clears throat> Welcome to uh, Review the News. We've got a very uh, special episode, as always, when we have uh, our dear friend Eduardus coming in from uh, Vilnius, Lithuania. Uh, obviously, this is a, a very uh, unique episode as we've gone over some uh, some issues of Russia and Eastern Europe in general and Eastern Europe's role uh, overall in, in, in Europe um, within the last couple of years that, that Ed's been coming on. I think, I think uh, Ed, this is maybe your third or fourth appearance on the show, which we greatly appreciate. I know it's very early there in Vilnius. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're, we're here. We're just going to chat with Ed um, and try to get, the, get some insights on maybe Ed's hearing some different things than, we are, than what's getting reported here in the United States and North America. Um, and, uh, with, with that being said, I guess the first question to Ed is, uh, what's, what's the sit rep? What is, uh, what is the big, um, obviously the invasion is a big story, but what is the, what is the, I would say, what is the big theme or what is the, um, message or kind of feeling going on in, in Lithuania right now? Um, due to the fact that one Lithuania is a NATO country right now, and uh, you're also extremely close. Well, you do border Russia, uh, Kaliningrad, um, and uh, kind of just take us through what, what, what's what's going on in Lithuania right now, if you would. Okay, hey everyone. So I guess there is no need to to try to describe what's happening in Ukraine right now. I just, uh, I'm constantly checking my uh, phone. I'm constantly checking new news. So Kiev is still standing. Kiev is still being defended. Uh, and in terms of what is the feeling and the situation in Lithuania, or just one, just one small correction, we have a, a long border with, Russia now because because Belarus does no longer exists. It, it is no. It was never fully a sovereign country, but now it's it's uh, Russian occupational forces are in Belarus. Uh, Belarus is taking part in in uh, aggression against Ukraine, even though they had uh, quite a good relationship uh, with both. Uh, Lukashenko had a. Uh, very good relationship actually with both president previous president Poroshenko and current president Zelensky and they had a lot of economic ties uh, uh, trade and, and so on and so forth but uh, Belarus is, is no longer a factor so we not we not not only have a border with Kaliningrad we also have a, a border with a long border with Belarus which is uh, uh, re which was recently being used as a, as, a, as a means to harass us by by pushing uh, illegal immigrants from the Middle East uh, to Lithuania. Uh, in terms of um, the situation and oh, in Lithuania, uh, I don't know. Everyone is is doing what they're capable of to at least somehow support. Uh, Ukraine. We're getting ready for an influx of uh, refugees. So uh, uh, local journalist, uh, 
a well-known journalist uh, uh, start, set up uh, an initiative uh, where people can uh, pledge their apartments if they have two apartments, because uh, just like in the United States, we have very low interest rate environments, so many people bought second order and third apartment for as an investment property and people can can temporarily give uh, for an indefinite period of time of course because nobody knows how long this crisis will last uh, give their apartment to to people from ukraine so uh, he he's, he launched that initiative and it's uh, he was he said he was stunned by the fact that before he made it public uh, so obviously it, it, it was uh, known to only to a handful of people who spread the message uh, before before making the, the whole publicity campaign. 500, 550 apartments uh, were, 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 were pledged by people for, for, for Ukrainians. Uh, in terms of uh, weaponry supplies, I think we, we, gave, we gave all we had. Uh, we've given Ukraine uh, javelins and stingers that we bought from the United States, uh, I believe a month ago or so, but there was a remainder still in Lithuania. So I think a couple of days ago, uh, we, we, we gave the remainder of it. Uh, people are taking uh, fuel to the border with uh, Poland and uh, western part of uh, Ukraine. Uh, the vicinity of uh, the city of Lviv. Uh, they, they deliver uh, diesel because uh, there is a, that organization, Blue Yellow, in Lithuania, that collects uh, financial donations to Ukraine. It raised uh, 2 million euro in one day. So, given that we were less than a, a 3 million nation, it's a considerable amount. Uh, people are, 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 are taking uh, diesel in, in, because Ukrainian army, so that organize, a representative of that organization, Blue Yellow, uh, said on the news that uh, the Ukrainian army needs, uh, needs diesel. So uh, this is pretty much the situation we're in. If, if, you, if now go from, from those practical uh, micro initiative to help Ukraine in terms of the broader, broader impact on, on what's, what's going to happen, first of all, in the coming years. So you can, if you heard a speech from Putin, where he basically announced invasion and, and, and gave his uh, understanding of history uh, as, as a backup for that decision, he said that plain, in plain language, he said that those countries that uh, are in the territory of former Russian Empire, which means more than 100 years uh, time span, he wasn't referring to Soviet Union. On the contrary, he said that Soviet leaders are, are to blame for, for allowing those countries to, to, to be created, first of all. So, so uh, he was referring to Tsarist Russia, to Russian Empire. So he basically said that the, those countries are an aberration. They, they are an anomaly. They don't have the right to exist. They are client states of, uh, of the West, of, 
I suppose the United States. Uh, this is the argumentation that they're they're using. Their foreign minister, uh, also Sergei Lavrov, uh, also said in, in very openly that Ukraine does not have a right to exist because, uh, based on some United Nations document, uh, there is a definition that the con uh, country's government must represent its people. And what he said is that there is no democracy, no elections in Ukraine, and. Ukrainian government is, is uh, a unit of the United States uh, State Department. And, and based on his understand, interpretation of the United, Charter of the United Nations, uh, this country does not have the right to exist. And what, what struck me personally is that if you uh, go back in 2014, and listen to Putin's speech after the annexation of Crimea. So in that speech, he, his tone was conciliatory because he was in an unknown territory as, as head of state. He, it was the first time that he uh, formally annexed another territory. So he, that speech sounded like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but his, his tone was conciliatory. He tried to explain that the Sevastopol city in uh, on the Crimea Peninsula is sacred to Russian hearts. Uh, he he said that the minority of the majority of uh, population are Russians. That he could not live with the idea that when Ukraine joins NATO, uh, Russian troops who are stationed there will be uh, guests on the peninsula. He even said that NATO troops are wonderful guys. So he, we will invite them for their common military drills. Uh, but we want them to be guests, not, not our troops to be guests. So, you know, it was, it was a stark contrast to his speech, uh, to his more recent speech where he was aggressive, defiant, and he sounded like a bully who was trying to pick up a fight. And obviously he foresaw that uh, neither the European Union nor the United States will be capable of agreeing on meaningful sanctions. And he was right. Uh, there were things that he wasn't right at, about at all. I think we'll cover them later in, in our conversation and those relate to those relate to the resistance that uh, Ukrainian nation is, is putting up. Uh, but overall, the, the situation is here is that uh, I think we, we, we have those liberators uh, liberating us from, uh, from the West and, and, and uh, trying to impose their order and their style of democracy here. And, uh, my best guess is four to five years. Of course, it will, those sanctions will bite to some extent. He, it will drain his financial reserve, which is around five or 600 billion United States dollars. He will recapitalize banks. He will hoard uh, another reserve while we are building windmills and, and solar, solar panels on our roofs, uh, he will easily rebuild the reserve and, and, 
and he he will do what he said he he is going to do is liberate uh, Eastern Europe from fascist drug addicts running our countries. At, at this point, I don't think that Russia cares about uh, about someone believing what what they say. Uh, I mean, the what it's they're just uh, openly making fun and deriding uh, Western leaders, you know, with their with their uh, arguments that they're using to back up their actions. It's nothing else but uh, but uh, deriding uh, everyone. Who, who opposes you and them? Why wouldn't he? <laughs> we all learn from our past experiences, so, so that's what we taught Putin to make fun of us. As, as uh, first of all, as a European Union, because we are the ones who would naturally be uh, preoccupied with with what's happening here in Europe. So you cannot expect uh, the United States to always. Uh, go first and 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 do do the most in terms of sanctions i think that uh, biden would have disconnected russia from uh, swift which is which would really bite which would be not only bark but bite it's a meaningful measure that would uh, choke off russian economy and prevent russia from from uh, proceeding with it, its plans, for, for, which are now public, it's it's a good thing that it's it's now public. Everyone can hear that. And Biden, in his speech, where in his statement where, where he uh, announced sanctions, he also referred to that uh, to Putin's uh, uh, to that part of a of Putin's speech where 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 he uh, said that. Uh, uh, the whole territory is, is a historical Russian empire. And by the way, when was uh, what was was the year that Alaska was sold to by the Tsar to the United States? I think it was eighteen sixty something. No, eighteen. Uh, what that was uh, under William H. Sword. Yep, two years. Uh, was that before? That was during the Civil War. Oh, it, anyway, but but uh, Putin expressed his grievances that uh, Russia was being uh, like you know ripped off, and uh, and that basically uh, the emergence of those countries. Is 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 how how everyone else deceived and uh, robbed Russia. So I, think, I guess uh, Alaska all, also falls in that uh, category. Category. Uh, by the way, those those uh, crooks that were installed as a puppet government of Luhansk and Donetsk, when uh, back and after the the annexation of Crimea. Uh, they, in their uh, social media posts, they, they, one of them said, uh, okay, job done, Alaska next. So it was probably too much at the time uh, for Putin. So he kindly asked him to remove that, that later on. Just, that just reveals you were thinking. Just to uh, set the record straight, it was 1867. 
Yeah, so I was, oh, 18. I was okay, there. so after the Civil War. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so how far Putin will go depends on how weak we are, and we we are incredibly weak as as, as, as the European Union, as the West. We basically, in those richest, in broader terms, if you try to understand what what is the uh, what is behind our weakness, it's. I think well, the main reason is that uh, we don't do not appreciate what we have. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's the case in Lithuania, but in those like really wealthy, rich countries like like Germany and France and and especially the United States, there is that new trend of of uh, hating your country for many reasons. Most of the, all of those reasons being bogus reasons, like you know. We are destroying the planet. We are a capitalist, corporatist state, and or our history is, is a history of uh, oppression of women, or or America was built on, on the blood with the blood of, of Native Americans, or or. And it's coming not only from the left; it's coming from the right as well. It's uh, an, an incredible scope. Like, oh, it's a, someone imposing a vaccine mandate. So Canada is now a fascist dictatorship. <laughs> and I listen to that, and I think, oh my God, you guys have never lived uh, a difficult life, have you? <laughs> I mean, you have you you have never really had real problems. That's that's the problem with uh, Western societies that they don't know what they're talking about when they're saying that they're now a fascist dictatorship or they, they, it's a, it was uh, election was stolen and it was a Bolshevik revolution or, or it's, uh, it's stupid beyond belief. And when, when you hate your, your, your institutions, when you hate your, your companies, your businesses, your police, your intelligence, you know, when you make fun of them, when you deride them. I mean, why wouldn't others do that as well? Oh, by the way, and in uh, a couple of words on, on United States intelligence agencies, I'm, I'm, I mean, a shout out to them, an incredible job. Uh, I have never seen anything like that. So that's, uh, that's like NBA in basketball. They collected every piece of, of data. They, pre, in a preventive manner, warned what's going to what's going to happen. I'm sure that the Russians were making that movie about how about how Ukrainians uh, struck a civil quarter in, with their missiles in, in in those breakaway republics, maybe even in Russia, or about how they. Uh, found a, 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 a grave and excavated remains of of genocide victims, but but your intelligence agencies made all, all of that look stupid and incredible, incredible job uh, done by them. Just uh, perfection, perfection of, of what what this type of institution can do and and basically as a result Russia invaded with with no reason and not that they need a reason but 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 still you know 
wonderful job done, done by your institutions. I think to be proud of. So uh, I think I've uh, ah. kind of made my intro. If you have your own thoughts or, or questions, or Todd, do you do you want me to kind of press this, or do you have any questions, Fred? Before I I get going, I'm <laughs> there's so much to unpack there, and well, I, so I would just points. I was just gonna say my point of view is, you know, watching all this unfold. Um, the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian president standing up, staying there, fighting for their country, fighting for their land. I, I commend them. Um, they're against all odds, they're, they're not going to win, most likely, but they're doing their best. Um, and I, I feel bad for them. Uh, they have no help, uh, pretty much. Um, the other countries have given them some arms, but I think the U.S. was slow in helping them. They, uh, we did uh, lately, but I think it was too little, too late. Quite frankly, I, I think uh, you're right in about the intelligence. That was great, but to me, that was the only good thing that the U.S. really did. Um, I think the fact that our president this weekend is not even at the White House, he's in Delaware, is insulting to me. Uh, the world is at war. He should be on top of it. Uh, I think we're following it more than he does sometimes. Uh, I just, you know, um, you know. Obviously, I didn't expect the U.S. or NATO to have any troops on the ground, but uh, um, at least uh, I was hoping uh, that we would give them some more arms or whatnot or do whatever, whatever we could for them uh, because Putin's just gonna go in there, try to take the president out and just in front of the world, just make a statement. I, I do think that he's kind of, um, I've been watching today, I'm not sure that he's, you know, I think he's probably not in his right mind. Uh, uh, Putin right now, I, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, his speeches are uh, rambling. He's doing what he wants to do. He doesn't care about the consequences. Most uh, military experts are saying he's doing the, uh, something that would have the most cost to uh, his military, but he doesn't care about that. He just wants to, the country and uh, um, yeah, it's a lot to unpack there, just like uh, both of you are saying. So, Gare, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I mean, a good, yeah. good observation of, of Putin's rumblings, as you put it. So, uh, there are many things to be sad about, but uh, what really uh, I find uh, somewhat encouraging is the fact that his latest appeal to uh, American, sorry, to Ukrainian uh, military is, it, it just shows that he's delusional. Maybe he's being fed misinformation and he, he really lives in a parallel reality. So in his latest address to, to Ukrainian military, he said, lay your arms, uh, put down your arms, uh, you're being ruled by 
fascist uh, drug addicts. Uh, Zelensky, who, whose uh, grandfather fought uh, Nazis and who is Jewish, is, is a drug addict, uh, Nazi. Uh, I mean, that image of Putin as a, as a, as a cold, uh, far-sighted, uh, uh, ruthless uh, uh, leader it's 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 collapsing because he he sees what's what's happening by the way there uh the spokesman of uh, the russian military I forgot his name just yesterday said that there are no uh, losses on the russian side there are no casualties on the russian side and you have all of those pictures and video of burned bodies of russian troops laying on on, on highways and uh, on fields of, of Ukraine's, they they are they are out of touch with reality completely. I'm, I'm not sure what what is the uh, what is what will be the consequences of that. That maybe more blood, more massacre, or or perhaps that's friend, first signs of their weakness. Uh, but you're right, Todd. You can really really notice from from. His statements that 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 something well many things are wrong with this guy, but but he's losing it. He's losing ground because uh, you know appealing to to to, to someone to uh, lay to lay to put down their weapons. Have you seen the Snake Island incident where where Russian where Ukrainian border guards? No, knowing full well that they're gonna die within seconds, told the Russian ship to to go fuck itself. On in 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 Russian, it's it's a bit di different, but it's it's even uh, it's even stronger than go fuck yourself. So uh, so he's he's delusional. Something to be happy about, I I guess. Yeah. And uh, as for uh, arms supplies, uh, um, yeah, I think maybe everyone everyone could have done more. I heard that uh, Poland is is delivering uh, much more significant amount of uh, of uh, weapons to 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 Ukraine. But as for the United States, as at least you allowed uh, us to uh, to hand them over our uh, javelins and, and stingers, which Germany did not uh, allow to do. We, we uh, purchased uh, uh, a number of those, uh, not sure what it's called, self-propelling. It looks like a tank. It's howitzer, I think, from Germany. But uh, according to those contracts, purchase agreement signs, you cannot, you cannot uh, give them to anyone else, to other country, unless they, they sell or uh, agree. So Germany did not agree. So or Germany is, is the, the you know old Germany Molotov Ribbentrop Pact. It's it looks a bit more you know democratic and, and civilized, but uh, its actions are are uh, good old actions when they just divided uh, Eastern Europe with Soviet Union and and basically started the. World War II as allies, and, and only after we decapitated Poland, they turns, turned against each other. But that was a war started by a coalition of Soviet Russia and Germany. So uh, again, I'm, I don't want to be like, I don't want to exaggerate it. I don't want to be uh, overly 
dramatic uh, today in the morning. But just imagine how it would it will this fact because it's a public fact. Just imagine uh, how it will look in history books in ten or twenty or fifty years. The fact that Germany did not uh, not even it didn't help Ukraine to defend itself, but it not, did not allow other countries to to, to do that. That's that's shameful and expecting someone from from another continent to do more when when a country that is like several hundred kilometers away from ukraine is behaving that in that way it's 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 not the way it, it, everything should be should be happening those days well <clears throat> i um I have a few thoughts. Uh, you know, uh, I can just pick up right there uh, with the German question. Uh, how is it? Uh, how does it feel to have? Uh, I think you've got a, a occupation of German troops in in Lithuania right now under uh, NATO. Uh, there was a German. I guess I don't know if he was a lieutenant general, lieutenant colonel, or colonel made a speech. I guess from where the Germans are positioned within Lithuania. I was thinking of the old, the good old days of the, the Baltishers and uh, the Baltic Germans um, when uh, I think uh, Lithuania was a, a kingdom for 10 minutes after uh, the peace treaty in uh, World War I. Um, and uh, I think that, right, they invited a German nobleman to be the king of Lithuania, uh, you know, Memel. Uh, the area in Lithuania has traditional ties to, to German Prussia. Um, so it's interesting that the Germans decide to take up shop in Lithuania because Lithuania uh, also was uh, allied with the Germans at one point in World War II. I think it was 1940, or at least you could say they, it wasn't a, it was a informal alliance and uh in the sense that the Lithuanians uh, allowed the Germans to operate within their country only because they feared uh, the Soviet Russians uh, far greater. Um, I'm not saying uh, that I'm and that uh, um, that the Lithuanians really had a choice in that matter. Kind of similar to Finland, um, where the Finns were allied with the Germans, uh, especially after the uh, phony war. And the uh, the Finnish the Finnish Russian war, um, so it's just interesting that that's that's where the Germans have decided to go and take up space at the moment with moving their troops. And um, the thing that concerns me is is Poland and Lithuania are now betting uh, arming Ukraine as NATO countries. Uh, drawing NATO ever so closer to the conflict. And once Article 4 is triggered, all allies are obligated to, um, to then join in, into the conflict. And so uh, when I see Polish military vehicles moving ammunition over into the Ukraine across the border, um, it's concerning to me. Because I think the Polish, the Lithuanians, the Estonians, the Latvians all live in a fantasy world where they think the United States 
um, France, uh, Britain are going to come sweeping in to the rescue once again, uh, not learning previous historical lessons where the British helped sell Poland to the Soviets by not declaring war on the Soviet Union when they also invaded Poland in 1939, uh, only declaring war on Germany uh, because everyone like Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt were courting Stalin. Um, and the reason why Stalin was able to survive the war was the amount of money that Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave to the Russians. Um, and so again, I think the Ukrainians getting themselves into this situation were really counting on the United States to be there. And I think the United States is just to blame because the United States allow countries like Poland and Ukraine and Lithuania and all the other Eastern European countries, they, they feed them uh, this nonsense that, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, we got your back. We got your back. We got your back. We got your back. And now look at Joe Biden. He's dithering all these guarantees. And it goes back to Bill Clinton in the nineties uh, guarantees telling the, the Ukrainians to give up their nukes and we would uh, guarantee their security. Um, and, and look at the situation today. This is, this is a complete consequence because if Ukraine has their nuclear weapons, you know, does this happen? Is, is Putin willing to take that risk? Um, Ukraine then becomes almost a fortress that Poland and the rest of the Eastern European countries can actually rally behind because of that nuclear capability. Um, so I think, um, again, I, I, I think we've, we've set up these false guarantees because all of these agreements are drawn by people. And I think, Ed, you said it best. I mean, these are people in Western countries who've never really experienced conflict. They go to Harvard, Yale, Oxford, um, and they like to have conferences and they're academics and they live in London and New York city and Washington, DC. They're what we call the elite. Right. And whether the three of us die uh, out on some road somewhere uh, fighting these wars that they've drawn up um, some sort of academic setting. Um, it really is, is meaningless to them. So goading the Ukrainians into, you know, not, you know, because I, I have to believe that once Zelensky saw the Russians putting 130,000 troops on the border, I have to believe one of his military guys was like, yo, you need to call up your reservists. Yet he didn't. And my sinking suspicion is um, that he reached out to the quote unquote uh, ally countries and they were like, don't do it. It'll be provocative. But instead of really getting his country ready to, to be defensible, he kind of sat there waiting and hoping that the United States would come to the rescue. And we have a senile gerontocracy that runs our country in the moment. And you, they were never going to get that kind of support. We have very um, uh, naive people that run all of, you know, you, you brought up before the, the fact that we, uh, 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 in Western society, we're critical and distrust our institutions. Absolutely. Um, and I'm one of them. 
I'm one of those people. I absolutely distrust the institutions and I'm, I'm extremely critical. You had in our own country, Department of Justice declare that people who wanted to see curriculum changed in schools were domestic terrorists. And not only that, not, and it wasn't hyperbole that someone got on a stage and said, you know, I'm a lawyer from the Department of Justice and these people are acting like domestic terrorists. This was written policy um, that they would be treated and investigated as domestic terrorists because they didn't want critical race theory taught to their kids. So the same people that are labeling Americans, everyday Americans, as uh, domestic terrorists. Well, you're damn right, Ed. We we don't we don't care for our institutions anymore in the country because they're wielded against us for whatever reasons. Whether you believe in the you know World Economic Forum's idea of the Great Reset or it's just elites uh, pursuing policies that are counter to uh, the their people in their own country. So at the same time, you're goading countries like the Ukraine to fight Russia, whether Russia or the Ukraine, regardless of who's right or who's wrong. And again, I'm talking from an American perspective, right? Um, no one's going to support it. No one's going to fight. want to fight it. No one's going to want to be a part of it. And no one really cares what happens 6,000 miles away when Inflation is starting to create, and you're right, we've never had runaway inflation. We're not, we're not going to be Argentina. We, we've never had uh, you know, drastic food shortages. But if people react the way to certain foreign situations right now, based on the fact that gas has gone up two bucks, then if we were to ever get into one of those critical situations where there was runaway inflation or something like that, forget it. So I think you know, I, I feel for the Ukrainian people, especially because it's always though it's always the people, the regular people that have to suffer the consequences of the elite, of the people who wanted to play games. And whether or not Putin is right or wrong, um, and him, you know, going in and 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 having a conflict here, uh, from where I sit, I have to sit and at least kind of analyze why he would do something like that or why he felt he was goaded into something like that. Because I have to believe as much as we like to make fun of the Russians as crazy Ivan, uh, I have to think that um, Putin knew the, at least partially the ramifications of what he was going to do in terms of the, the complete you know, shutdown, right? They're, they're, they're being sanctioned, they're, they're gonna get cut off from finance. Um, so, I mean, I have to wonder, I mean, obviously he, or at least his cadre of the Russian elite felt a, a threat large enough that they would be willing to launch a war because you still, he still has to sell that to his populace. I can't believe that after all these years, the Russian people are just would blindly go along. And I know I've seen some protests and things in St. Petersburg and things of that nature. Um, but I mean, and I'm sure maybe if it lasts, you know, maybe the reality is if it lasts six months and Russia occupies Ukraine, maybe the Russian people just say, okay, we've had enough. Uh, maybe in Moscow and St. Petersburg, because if your entire army is out occupying another country, um, how do you oppress, you know, the, the regular people?
right? I mean, and maybe they can, maybe they have those, maybe they have that, those kind of institutions that can do that. Maybe the FSB or, or other institutions, the, the Ministry of State Security uh, will, will do that. And I, I, I don't know, uh, that I don't know. So um, the other thing is uh, you, you gave credit to the intelligence agency. It's, it's uh, I had, I, I, I wanted to chuckle a little bit because these intelligence agencies complete a, uh, a dossier. They give it to Joe Biden. Joe Biden shows it to the Chinese and the Chinese take it and they give it to the Russians uh, because this guy does not understand one iota of world policy. And the only reason why our elites are concerned about what is happening in the Ukraine is because they do all their money laundering through it. You have the president's son who made millions of dollars through Burisma. You have um, many politicians that have uh, business dealings in the Ukraine, in the United States. And it, it, is, it is unfortunate. And, I, and here's the thing. While I think um, Vladimir Putin's aggression uh, is, is, you know, uh, can, can be called into question, um, you know, a clock is right twice a day. And I think some of the things that Putin accuses the Ukraine of doing is, is true um, in respect to being a, a client state of the West. Um, and that's, it, it is. Um, there's really no um, disagreement with that. It's why there's an urging to have them integrate into NATO and all these other things is because it's a play toy. Um, I, again, I'm not. I'm not really sure as an as as, as an American um, where my dog is is in the fight. Now, getting back to NATO, uh, we've had this conversation before. I don't think NATO should exist, or at least be constituted as it is. Uh, per, I would I would have preferred, and I think it would be more. It would behoove. Uh, and you mentioned it too. The Germans have sat on their hands. I'm not really sure what the French and the British are doing. I know everyone's making TikTok videos and they have hashtags and they're doing all the usual, uh, you know, everybody, we need to feel concerned for the Ukraine. But really, if I was, uh, and I, I put this on Poland because I see Poland more of a leader in that region as a free country, I think Poland... And some of the former Warsaw Pact countries should create their own military alliance, their own regional security team. They should integrate all their militaries. I know Lithuania has a small amount of population, but integrate the Baltic states and create a buffer because really the only people who are going to defend Ukraine are the Ukrainians. The only people who are going to defend Lithuania are the Lithuanians and the only people who are going to defend Poland are the Poles. Um, because every time they trust the West, they get sold out by the West. And, you know, um, I, I think that would be a, a better regional policy because every time countries on, in Eastern Europe try to integrate with the West, it's always an afterthought. And they're never given the full respect and they're never given and they're never treated with dignity. Um, look, I'm not a, 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 uh, a poor a Putin apologist. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Russians. I, I understand, um, uh, you know, that, that they are, uh, that they're far from a, um, 
democracy or whatever you want to call it. and i, I kind of quite and, and, and i even question the idea of what what exactly is a democracy in reality anyway but i know the russians aren't like the great like people i'm not one of these uh people who've totally bought into like putin's totally right about this he needs to go and do what he needs to do i i don't know if i'm 100 percent on board with that um but i do know that the u.s and the west have given eastern europe false hope and here eastern europe here it look at you and you brought it up you said the west hasn't suffered right putin's not bombing paris right now certainly not bombing new york city he's not bombing washington dc um he's he's fighting and and bombing in the ukraine right and the ukrainians are suffering that and you being on the border uh, again, Latvia, Estonia being so close. Uh, Latvia is in trouble, right? Because I think 50% of their population is, is Russian or pretty pretty high population is Russian or was formerly Russian. Um, you know, I, 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 and I have one more thing. I, this is a little bit more off the wall, but Putin made the territorial claim to the Ukraine. The instant response shouldn't have been like, no, that's bad. You can't do that. The instant response should have been a counterclaim that Kaliningrad was illegally annexed in 1945. And it needs to go back to, even though we're not big fans of them either, needs to go back to Germany. I mean, if, 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 if I wanted to play Putin's game, I would have said, okay, yeah, that's fine. You want to take it? Okay, well, you will, uh, Soviet Union illegally annexed that thing. And now we're taking your Baltic seaport. I would have moved troops right into the Kaliningrad. As soon as he crossed the Ukrainian border, I would have had a joint European and, and we would have occupied Kaliningrad and said, look, you, you're bringing up historical about the Ukraine. We're bringing up historic. That was Konigsberg. We're bringing up historical things. What do you want? I would give Galatia back to Poland. I'd move Poland over past the Curzon line. If I was Paul, I'd say, look, hey, you want to go back to history? Let's start. I mean, that's how you meet a guy like that. Counter-aggression. This idea, again, and I think you hit the nail on the head, is, is the West is extremely weak, and it's our own doing. And that's why the people that you would normally have willing to fight for you in the West are not. They're not going to do it. And in America, especially after Afghanistan, after that whole thing, um, Disaster after 20 years, after 20 years, and within two weeks, the Taliban, who you got rid of 20 years ago, are running the country again. You're not going to convince the American people that this is worth fighting for. It's just not going to happen. So I know I've said a lot there. Um, Ed, anything, I know you're, I know you're, I saw you laughing. I, I know we have these uh, great discussions that, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what else. I, I know I just I mean again I'm sitting here in the states and I and anything I can do to not be involved that's what I want to do and I and I and I hope that doesn't come across as callous or not caring but um, I just feel like there's too much going on domestically in my country um, I think there was uh, improprieties in the election in 2020 um, Trump was impeached over a phone call about Ukraine, even though Trump turned around and gave Ukraine 
the largest amount of military aid Ukraine ever received from the United States. Um, and so, as a, again, as an American, I'm sitting here, I see all that. I'm like, I don't, I, I mean, to put it bluntly, I don't give a fuck. You know, I just don't. Because to me, it's sorry, all a game. Sorry, guy, for interrupting. I think your microphone is unstable because you go very, very silent at times. Could you keep it like more closer to, to you? Well, anyway, I'm, I'll, I'll stop there and I'm sure there's tons of stuff you can pick apart. So, so have at it. Yeah. So as I said, you said uh, multiple things. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, frankly, my, my slight problem with, with you is that I don't, I'm not sure I, I entirely understand your, your point at times. You throw those multiple ideas are kind of uh, have the understanding of your general approach, but but I'm not sure. At the same time, I'm not entirely sure I do. Uh, well, uh, to start with, because you 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 made a, a state made a claim about that Baltic uh, countries and Poland live in in some fantasy world. So uh, we really don't. And I mean, the very idea that uh, Article 5 is ironclad is, is uh, it's, you know, countries help each other and they, they help uh, each other fend off aggressors, like in this case, Ukraine, because they have willingness to do so. They have uh, their politicians, their populations, their military forces, they have willingness to do so. And there is, uh, I guess, uh, it's also a necessity to help each other when you're have, uh, when you're geographically close and when you share common history and and when you understand what Ukraine is is going through. Uh, so Article Five is just uh, a couple of uh, sentences, just uh, words on, on a piece of paper. You may say that it's legally binding, but you have you can have a political situation in in the United States or in Western European countries where uh, there are politicians who will just uh, make up will interpret it as the way they, they 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 find necessary, perhaps because of the local population's unwillingness to get involved in foreign conflicts and uh, I really nobody's making bet on on that uh, German or American troops will flock here and, and defend us from uh, some from Russians so make no mistake about that there's no there isn't no fantasy world there is uh, there's a widespread understanding that uh, that we are on on our own and we we have to uh, defend ourselves because no, no one else uh, will in most likelihood, uh, I like to I I, I uh, like to talk in percentages because uh, you know I'm a, a finance guy. So, what is the like the, the, to answer a question? What is the likelihood that we would uh, receive uh, military like boot, boots on the ground type military support from the rest of NATO countries? I think it's. Maybe it's more than 
55% yes versus 45% no, but 45% but, uh, no is, is uh, clearly beyond uh, the comfort zone. I think that uh, the polls would help us in case, uh, it depends on what Putin's strategy will be because we are a corridor between the mainland Russia and Kaliningrad so we are in a strategic situation where uh, where uh, will be the first uh, target of, of our next uh, military venture. But he will probably not concentrate uh, just on Lithuania. He he would he would uh, try to uh, he would invade all three Baltic countries and maybe even Poland at once. But even if he doesn't, I think that we would get a lot of uh, support from Poland because obviously Poland would understand that they are the next. So, so there is no fantasy world. No one, no one is really counting that. And, and I, I partially understand that. I mean, if I was, we were having a discussion the other day with my colleagues at work. And uh, what I told them is that, I don't know how I would behave if I lived 5,000 miles away. I had a comfortable life and and there was some conflict ongoing, and I was asked if, if I want my taxpayers' money to be used uh, and my, my co-citizens to, to be sent to a country that, uh, that's uh, a small country that is far away. And I'm not sure how, what I would say. I would probably even say no. I would probably support sending uh, weapons and, and, and arms to that country and using our means to support it but i would probably say no to a military intervention uh, well the fact that it will be a collapse of uh, the post uh, the, 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 Atlantic, the atlantic alliance is, is obvious because uh, the article five it, it this is what the collective defense it, it what it, this is what makes the collective defense idea effective and uh, as soon as Russia uh, takes at least one uh, square mile of, of I don't know Estonia or Finland or Lithuania uh, the whole alliance doesn't have a, a point anymore so uh, so I, I think that this is that NATO is the, the crown jewel for Putin it doesn't it's the it's his ultimate prize He'd, obviously, he doesn't need new territory. It's Ukraine for him. Why would he need? Well, I mean, look at the map of Russia. Is, is it really the territory they need? He will have a population, a, a, quite a large population, the largest European country that will hate him. What he needs is what his ultimate goal is, 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 is to ruin the Western alliance, the current world order, and, and then he can build along with China his own world on, on, on top of the ruins. So, so our, in the in the Article Five is 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 his ultimate goal, I think. Uh, now, you think you think he wants to really? You think he wants to trigger conflict with NATO? Because I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking if. If 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 he were if the Russia were to roll tanks through like through uh, Lithuania and Estonia and Finland and Poland, I mean, we're going. 
I mean, that's not even a, that's not even a, at that point you would have, I mean, I mean, at that point, even I, I mean, I, I, my, my opinion might even change. I mean, I I think that at that point there you're, you're, you're going, I mean, that's not even, I don't even think that's a question. I think if he, he had tanks in Warsaw, oh, I mean, I think, I think he gets a full conflagration. I think that's, I, I mean, I, I think they would do it the old, I think he's going to do it the old, you know, everybody, and I'm sorry, not, not to cut you off, Ed, because I know you've, you, were, you've, you were going through, and, and unfortunately I have a stream of consciousness when I um, talk about my ideas, so I know they're kind of all over that place, and I know that drives you crazy, so I apologize. Oh, but um no <laughs> but, <laughs> go ahead yeah but it's interesting because everyone in the at least in the western media they like to call putin hitler but i think putin is just kind of replicating almost the stalinist tactics and by that i think um lavrov plays a great uh molotov and i think like he will try to invade around the edges, but use like these weird diplomatic um, scenarios in order to get a foothold in other countries. Right. So you had like the, the phony war with Finland, that was something he actually went and fought, but with Lithuania, right. And you had mentioned it earlier with the Molotov Ribbentrop act, it was, you know, we're going in there, to defend the minority, right? I mean, even when they went to the, uh, was it the Ukraine? It was like, we need to go and defend the Russian minorities there. And it was like, when he went into Poland, it was like, there's there's 13% Belarusians there and they need our help. And that's kind of how he brought the troop, the Stalin brought the troops in, right? He used all these kind of weird, um, you know, treaties and troop movements and things like that. I mean, I could see Putin trying to do that around countries like Lithuania and yourself, like trying to use kind of treaties and all these things. That's why he went on that two hour rant about the history of the Ukraine. But I, I don't foresee a, I mean, I, I, that would be, I, I mean, now we're talking about, you got to now, now you have to put nukes on the table. Got to put nukes on the table. If he's in Warsaw, you got to put nukes on the table, man. I mean, now you're talking some heavy, heavy stuff. I, I I think that he wants to reconstitute the Soviet Union. That's what I think. So, no. Well, he said it, didn't he? I mean, in I mean, in his speech, you can read a transcript in in English. So, I really suggest you do that. And, and he said it in plain language. He, and have you seen the uh, going back to what you said, Gary, about? Uh, about that he has uh, his own justifications for, for his actions in terms of being threatened, which is, which is rubbish. Uh, in terms of his uh, reasons for, for invading Ukraine, the very idea that he's trying to push to uh, Western media is that, that uh, security of Russia will, will be imperative if Russia, if Ukraine uh, joins NATO. Uh, so that's that's another phony reason because he knows full well that NATO has a policy of not 
accepting uh, uh, countries that have territorial disputes or frozen conflicts. That's that is why Georgia isn't yet a part of NATO because uh, Russia occupied uh, again was to uh, are to was to break away republics. Yeah, it was Abkhazia. It's such a yeah. So that's that's nonsense, you know. He he wants he wants a war. He uh, uh, presented a draft treaty to the United States. It's public. It's on the web page of their uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Please check it out. It's a two-page document that he wanted to uh, sign with the United States. So even the the term uh, post post Soviet space is is uh, used. Uh, I don't know, seven to eight times, maybe 10 times in this short uh, text. And so it's, it's absolutely true that he wants to uh, reestablish Soviet Union. And a long uh, time ago, he said that that's the main geopolitical disaster of, of our times, the collapse of it. So you're absolutely right, Todd. He, he had no interest in negotiations or in, in making sure that uh, Ukraine is neutral. Even now, that option is on the table. Zelensky, as uh, to prevent casualties, Zelensky offered him from uh, to meet and to discuss Ukraine's neutrality. He has no interest in that. If you uh, want to uh, get, uh, well, you can never develop a full understanding of what Russia. Ones, but but if you want to get a little bit closer to that, you should read uh, an article by Vladislav Surkov. He was uh, one of the main confidantes of, of Putin, a uh, high-ranking member of Russian government. He was one of the people who, uh, one of the architects who, who basically uh, worked on that uh, annexation of, of Crimea operation. And later, he fell, probably uh, he fell out of favor with Putin. He was demoted. It's not like they became enemies, no. But he doesn't uh, occupy any meaningful uh, position in, in, in the current Russian government. He's now in academia, and and uh, he's uh, published has published some articles. So I've read uh, his latest article where I was really surprised about how how, how he's being. Uh, frank and open about uh, Russians' foreign policy. So we, the idea of that article is that Russia is, for Russia to expand, I, I don't know what you call that in, in, in English. We, we call it a law of physics. Yeah, I think it's law of nature in, in English, right? It's, it's almost like an inevitable process for Russia to annex new territories because you have that huge uh, territory and many nations living in, in it. Uh, and they're not like, they don't like each other. Uh, ethnic Russians are, they hate uh, Caucasian countries. They hate the fact that enormous amounts of money is, is being uh, uh, transferred to, to guys like Kadyrov to, to keep their populations from from uh, rising up against the central government, something that has happened in, in the past uh, a number of times. And you have huge social tensions because the country cannot develop peacefully. It cannot be innovative. It cannot 
develop their economy. It cannot create added value. Uh, it's overly dependent on, on natural resources. It does not produce anything. It does not uh, export anything. And those social, inner social tensions, they, they were kind of extrapolated to their uh, foreign policy where autocratic leaders, uh, in order to quell those tensions and to draw people's attentions away from what is going inside of the country, they wage a foreign uh, war and they annex a new a new territory. So that was what well, Kurkov's, the main takeaway of yeah. Well, no, let me let me hold you there because that's <clears throat> so Biden is dragging in the poll numbers terribly in the United States, and there was just a leak of an internal comms memo that told the Democrats that they need to shift in their COVID policy uh, because the masking and the lockdowns, all these other countries in the world have given it up months ago. And the United States, there are states in the United States that are what we call blue states, democratic states that are holding on to dear life to these mask mandates, these uh, gubernatorial emergency powers. And Biden, you know, still walks up to the podium with the mask on, even though he's got 17 vaccines and all this other stuff, right? Total ridiculous about COVID over the top. Um, now, I know we've disagreed on COVID before, but really, to me, it's just over the top. It's just over the top. And um, so they're changing their COVID policy. And the other thing that people have said that Biden needs to get people to start looking elsewhere from his poor domestic policy. We have inflation. We have gas prices rising. We're having uh, meat shortages um, because of the supply chain crunch that they're still can't fix. <clears throat> excuse me, fix here. And they're saying that's why Biden is all in on on keeping this Ukraine-Russia thing in the forefront, especially in the American news media, going into the 2022 congressional elections. Because the Democrats are being predicted right now, and Todd can back me up on this, about being blown out. And it's the same argument that that guy's given about Putin, about internal ethnic things. It's the same thing they're saying about Biden. Biden just nominated a black woman for the Supreme Court justice today because it's all about this ethnic social justice nonsense. And while he derides whites as being white supremacists, racists, all these things, on the other hand, if conflict were to happen, and this is why people don't want Poland sending ammunition, because who's going to get pulled to fight in the country? Whether people like it or not, the United States majority population is still white. Most of the people that go fight in the armed services are white. There's a large Hispanic contingent now. But it, these are the same things that are being said about Biden that that gentleman is saying about Putin. And I guess my, I guess my, my follow-up question to you is, okay, let's say Putin does take Ukraine. Let's say he gets Zelensky and he... I don't know, throws him in jail or executes him or whatever, whatever he does. How does how does Putin plan on ruling the Ukraine? How does he plan on integrating the entire 
gobbling up the entire Ukraine into Russia. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's just going to use old Soviet infrastructure and things of that nature. I don't know. Like, how? what is the end state? Like, what is the end? Let's say Putin does everything that Putin wants, right? He gets what he wants. He gets the entire country of Ukraine. How does he govern it? Because that was the United States problem in Iraq. That was the United States problem in Afghanistan. And yeah, again, I guess our strategies were different and what we were trying to do, you could argue, was different. I wouldn't. I would say it was very imperial, just like Russian, maybe of a different flavor. But running those countries when you're despised is extremely difficult. I think 20 years of Afghanistan has just proven that again to the world. So how, so my question to you then, I guess, is what is, what is Putin's end game? What is, what is, how would he govern and run the Ukraine? Yeah. Okay. But I can answer that question, but I have a suggestion. We have limited time. So let's not get into, let's concentrate on Ukraine and, and uh, what's happening here. Let's not get into your, like, too much into your, your internal politics and your grievances about mask policies and i i partly no i, I get that about, no, I, yeah, won't, yeah, I won't but, but i was but, just trying to make that point you know, right i don't i don't think that's that's uh, a reasonable comparison between putin and, I, I don't idolize biden far from that i think he's weak and i don't think he's a good leader but i don't, I don't think he's anything close to putin and i mean yes like I think there's a relation to what I said uh, at the very beginning of, of our conversation is that we are being too too critical towards uh, towards our political elite, towards our uh, even even when you mentioned uh, Harvard and and uh, Washington and New York and and. Uh, Princeton, it sounds from you, it sounds a bit resentful. I think that those are great cities. Those are great universities. You should be proud of it and and not not sound as if as if it is something to be ashamed of. And I, I don't think whatever Biden's reasons are, I don't think he's anything close to Putin. Now to to answer your question, what is Putin's sense game? Well, if he is install, he will install a puppet government. He will have uh, military uh, bases all, all over the country, and it's it's gonna be uh, you know just like the way it was in the Soviet Union. You would have all those those territories, those nations, with no economic development, uh, with rundown infrastructure, and and uh, and. And why would he care? I mean, I don't really understand. I'm not even sure I understand what you mean by that. Uh, what, what is his end game? Well, I have a point. Um, I would say that it's different now because if you get a taste of freedom as a, as a people, I think it's harder to suppress them. Uh, I think now you're going to have just citizens uh, doing... Um, incursions and all that stuff and it's going to be very difficult to rule them if you're putin in my opinion and it's going to take a lot of resources and it's going to be very painful for russia to occupy the country uh yeah you know i think it's it was different 30 years ago with the soviet union uh but now i think it's uh since they've had that experience i think it is a little bit different Right. Yeah, it is different, and I, I absolutely agree with you that 
that it will, it will, it will be, it have, have a huge cost, but Putin has showed on numerous occasions that he do, do, does not care about costs. You, you have a desolate territory with, with uh, people barely surviving on a subsistence level. You would have uh, acts of internal resistance, maybe some guerrilla warfare, just like we had in Lithuania after World War II. But but that's that is his end game as far as it concerns Ukraine. He will tell Western politicians that uh, he has denazified the country. He has gotten rid of uh, Nazi drug addicts. And that he has. Uh, uh, organized a uh, democratic election with 105% uh, of the vote going to his candidate. And I have a feeling that the date that he has in mind is, is, uh, is May victory parade in Moscow. Like all uh, dictators, uh, they have a, a, a one common trait where very uh, much into all that symbolism stuff, you know, numbers, dates, those uh, those uh, signs and stuff. Uh, he has uh, showed that uh, on on numerous occasions that that he's very much interested in, in symbolism. So I think he will he wants to uh, celebrate victory for for he, has, he wants to have a victory parade in Moscow in 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 May with Ukraine's new leadership, newly democratically elected uh, leadership. That is his end game. He, he, he doesn't uh, care about integrating the country into very, very into the Russian Federation because his, his worst uh, fear was Ukraine's development. And that's why uh, he attacked Ukraine because uh, he understood that soon that country will take over uh, Russia in, in economic development, and it, it would. Uh, and Russians have uh, a lot of relatives, a lot of friends in Ukraine. They they travel they, to Ukraine as as tourists, and it 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 will be obvious how re how miserable, even more obvious how re miserable life is in Russia. So. That, that, that's one of the reasons why, why, why he was so angry in Ukraine. And, and I don't agree with you, Gary, that, that those countries in Eastern Europe are being goaded into war, as you, as you put it, or Ukraine by, by the US State Department. Uh, no, no, I know many Ukrainians. I know I have a lot of friends in Ukraine. I have a lot of friends doing business in Ukraine, Lithuanians who, who do business in Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainians, they just wanted to have their own country free of, of, of Russian uh, puppets like Yanukovych. They wanted uh, to join the European Union and they wanted to have a prosperous free life, just like we uh, wanted it back in, in, uh, in 1990s when, when we uh, and, uh, declared our uh, independence. No, no one is goading them into war. If you, give the uh, country weapons uh, when it's being assaulted. Uh, I don't think that you're uh, warmongering or encouraging it to fight. You just, you're just helping that country to defend it. So, so I would s s try to you know, stay away from, from, from those uh, conspiracy theories because in, in, this, in this particular instance, there is black and white, there is 
there is truth, unfortunately, for some for some uh, political leaders in the world, and everything is 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 perhaps more simple than than it looks in that respect. So. Putin doesn't care what's going to happen in Ukraine or how what will be the human cost of his own army in, in Ukraine. Uh, like I said, he will he will concentrate most likely on his next step, which will be uh, either the Baltic countries or the Baltic countries together with Poland. Uh, what you said, Gary, about well, if that happens, then that's it. Everyone will be involved. Well, I wouldn't bet on that because you are from from not from your personal reactions, but from the rea general reactions of of countries that are wealthy, that are far away, and that who, countries that don't know inner workings of Russia. I I noticed that you you're kind of being you choose one extreme or another extreme. Well, Baltic politicians were all, always uh, uh, said to be paranoid about the threat of Russia uh, before the war in Georgia, when we were saying that it's, it's coming, that Georgia is under threat. Everyone in the European Union uh, said that, no, no it's, it's, it's nuts, it's, it's nonsense. It's, in our times, it's impossible. But after that, happened, we said that Ukraine is next. Uh, again, the same reaction. Uh, he annexed uh, a territory of independent country. We said uh, the whole Ukraine is under threat. It's just a matter of time. Uh, again, no reaction. And now you're kind of saying that the opposite, you, you, you jump to another extreme. Now you're saying that, oh, but if that's the Baltics or Poland, then yeah, everyone is in. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Politicians are weak. They, why do you think like uh, Putin? You said that there, you mentioned right, rightfully so that there is some opposition within Russia to Putin's policies. Two thousand people uh, have been arrested, but Putin, Putin knows full well that uh, like seventy or seventy-five percent of the population are totally brainwashed and they support Ukraine because they support the war in Ukraine, but. They actually believe that there are Nazis in, in, in Ukraine. So politicians, they, they, they do their, their job in terms of checking op opinion poll and surveys and do and, and that information is on his table. So will be the information on the, the mood of the local population when it comes to uh, deciding whoever to go to the uh, Baltics or to Poland and whoever to uh, defend it. And the, the deciding factor that will be, uh, that will affect the decision whether to go or to not, not to go will definitely not be some, some, some document, no matter how important it is looking strategically, looking long-term, it will be the internal political situation. It will be who's in charge. It will be what is the, what is the, uh, opinion of the local population and if they there will be another reason to invade like he will make another phony reason well i agree with will, you i, I yeah, agree so with you so so he will probably okay. say that that there are there are nazis killing uh, local russian russians 
and 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 if uh, if you try to if if the, the western countries uh, electorate if western countries populations will be willing to uh, accept it and to believe in it and to probably think that uh, like you said putin has his own reasons that are legitimate then the, the, the people who represent them, local politicians, well, that they will also take into, into account when making the decision whether to send troops or not, I think. Uh, another aspect of, uh, of uh, the, the context for the decision to be made is uh, the economic situation, right? Let's say you have a recession, right, in the United States. You mentioned your uh, situation with inflation. Maybe you have a hyperinflation. That can happen, right? Western countries are incredibly have an incredibly high level of debt. That's a threat to the financial stability. So there are many factors at play, and if if those Putin will know that he will make his own calculations, and if there is an economic depression, hyperinflation, if there is no willingness whatsoever to send uh, troops to Poland or to, to Lithuania. It may well turn out to be that uh, Article uh, Five will stay stay on the paper. So, so you know, I would uh, I'm kind of trying to always to choose that middle way and not 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 uh, rushing uh, to jump to conclusions. No, nothing is certain, and uh, and the, the you have you have. Uh, the current situation, which I think is the is the best uh, indicator that we are we are inadequate. No one is being adequate, let alone our political leadership in in the European Union or in, in the West. I mean, the head of the United Nations urged Putin to to turn his troops around yesterday. Well, we, you have to be an imbecile to put out a statement like that. And you are an educated person, uh, head of the, one of the most important organizations in the world. And you say something like that, which is close to being like deranged, you know. He's urging Putin to turn his troops around. I mean, come on. So those, those, And you just told me not to criticize the elites and to not be so harsh on our leaders. No, I mean, overall, yeah, overall, I don't think that uh, our, our elites in, in uh, Western societies are all corrupt and rotten and that they are somehow, uh, that their interests are inherently opposite to that of the rest of the population. I, I, I don't believe that. I, again, I, um, I think there, that there is too much drama in that uh, that uh, you know statement and i know that the bolsheviks pushed through uh, this narrative to uh, to basically did what they wanted to do in 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 russia before the revolution uh, i think that uh, we all have our flaws and, and there are some competent politicians there are some incompetent politicians there are some corrupt businessmen but I don't believe in 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 that narrative that that uh, you know bad elites and and good rest of the population. I don't, I don't buy that. 
it doesn't it doesn't mean that uh, uh, elites can be uh, absolutely incompetent and out of touch with reality far from that because this is what we, we see happening and that's the by the way the the stark contrast with the business world you really have if someone like Gutierrez ran a company, it would uh, go belly up in a, in a matter of one day. So you don't have uh, that in the, in the business world, but but somehow in in, in public service and in, in bureaucracy, you have uh, amazing amazing uh, level of incompetence and, and and naivety. So yeah. So sorry for for speaking too long. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I guess um. What I what I wanted to say with uh, in in regards to your statement was, um, you were saying something about. Uh, um... Sorry, just one more example before I forget about the elites. Yes, you have that overpaid uh, imbecile bureaucrat who who is urging to turn the troops around, but I send you a picture of, of uh, the dinner before, just I think it was hours before the beginning of Russian invasion with brothers Klitschko with boxers, right? Right. Heavyweight champions of the world. So they are also elite. They are successful businessmen. Their net worth is, a, I'm not sure, but I, I guess it's definitely very, very, very wealthy people. Yeah. Perhaps uh, 50 million uh, uh, dollars or, or something so they they could be on on their private jet to aruba and li live the rest of their lives uh, on a sandy beach in, in some resort but they are in the streets of kiev with with, uh, with machine guns defending their country so that's also an elite right the good example of the elite because well maybe elite. i mean I, I mean and i and that's fantastic for the ukrainians but i i don't i don't think kamala harris would be in the street with a machine gun um, defending Washington, D.C. Maybe my opinion's wrong, but I, I just don't see it. Um, so, well, and I would say I don't see Joe Biden out in the street defending his country, but, you know, what are, I mean, he's like, you know, what are they going to roll him around in a wheelchair with rockets or whatever? But a anyway, um, I do I do agree with your position, though, if a NATO member was invaded by the russian military and nobody really did anything um i i think that would be um i agree with you i think that would be ca uh, extremely catastrophic i think that would be one of the that would be it i mean that would be uh that would be really, 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 I mean, I, it, it's really hard for me to even try to imagine what the world would look like if that were to happen, because that's how far crazy I think it is. And the fact that you, yeah, do we have a, a common understanding that that is the ultimate goal? I mean, right, we, we do. Uh, understand that the, 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 the goal is not to uh, free the people of Ukraine from from Nazis and 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 organize a democratic election, but that Russia is allied with China because they have very close coordination on those matters. Uh, Taiwan will be ne next. Uh, China is currently supporting Russia in its annexation of Crimea, not formally, 
but but they, they are we coordinated their their uh, master plan of, of, of how to uh, what to do in coordinated manner just before the winter olympics when putin went there so so it's 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 an effort to change the current world order when ukraine is just tiny it's just the beginning of it it's just a tiny piece of of, of the whole picture right so that 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 is why there is no no effort whatsoever from the russian side to to negotiate or to to sit at the table and 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 to uh, agree on something and that uh, that uh, draft tr treaty that was presented to the united states it's it's uh, it's a document that 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 is a proof of that that there is no reasonable effort from the part uh, of russia to, to to solve problems well i, I don't really understand even what the problem is but but are we on the same page do we agree that this is this is that russia's and china's uh plan is is, is is just the beginning of the implementation of that that plan that you of the occupation of ukraine is is is, is not the goal right or, or do you have a different view on that yeah i think well i i just i just really disagree with the fact that there that Russia and China are putting a proactive plan together, I think it's they're taking advantage in a reactive manner to the weakness of the West, like anybody else, like anyone else would take advantage, right? And I think they'll go as far as they can go until the pushback happens. But I also am concerned that the entire West's policy was and these things come to an end right you had basically what you're telling me is that all of Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger's work of getting the Soviet Union and China to split um, and not work collaboratively anymore um, you're saying though that's over that that China and Russia now are back together um you, you oh, it, what, yes. what I find what I find really interesting is that all of the traditional enemies now are all pals with each other. So you have Russia, Turkey, China. OK, and I want to know. What drove that there? And I, I my again, and I know you don't like when I say I'm extremely critical of the elites because I think they've mismanaged. Um, policies that have driven those three countries together where they could have been more proactive in isolating Russia from China and or isolating Turkey from, you know, Russia or doing different policies. But instead, we got involved in these crazy democracy building projects in the Middle East and Afghanistan, and we took our eye off the ball. And I think that naturally those countries and you, you maybe, or someone else may make the argument that they're all authoritarian style regimes and that they're going to band together regardless of whatever policy Western Europe and, and the United States would have created. Um, but I would, I would 
I would disagree with that. But I, I think I, I do believe I mean, I, I would agree with you in the sense that, yeah, Russia and China are absolutely going to try to get their foot in the door. And if they have an opportunity to remake the world order in their favor. Yeah, they're 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 going to do that. And if we allow them to do, look and we here's the thing. It's no different than when we financed the Soviet Union during World War Two that helped create the behemoth of that empire. We're doing the same thing as Americans to the Chinese. All that money we pour into their country so we could have cheap crap and not worry about, to your point, a conflict that's happening 5,000 miles away. It's our own doing. You talked about SWIFT before. That should have been the first thing they did if they really wanted to cripple Russia. If you wanted to cripple Russia, what we should do in the United States is become energy independent again instead of this president cutting ourselves off at the knees because we're going to have fucking windmills and bullshit like that. And you drown the Russian economy in cheap energy so they can't make any money. And, and you can do these other things, but nobody wants to really do it because to me, Ed, and I, I, this is where we depart, I really think they're, they're nefarious. I really don't think they want it because I see these answers. They're so clear to me that with things you could do against Russia, things you could do against China would be very like delisting Chinese companies that do not, that aren't transparent on the New York stock exchange, making energy extremely cheap and affordable and shipping natural gas or whatever over to Europe with friendly deals because the Europeans are our allies and we have tons of natural gas in this country that we can give to them, but we don't do that. And my question is why? Because of Russia and China are these great threats and we should be isolating them and, and stopping them from doing these things, especially as an American from the United States perspective, maybe Western European or Eastern European countries don't have those valves that they can turn to, to, to affect that. Maybe I mean, to your point, I think Lithuanians and countries like that are brilliant, right? They have to play kind of, they got to do the dance, right? They're doing the dance because they've got a couple great powers they got to deal with, right? They could get swamped at any moment. So they got to do a dance. And I understand if countries like Lithuania and Ukraine and other things may have kind of a, you know, a, a, a in and out policy just in order to, to do the best they can for their people. I get that. Um, but from the United States perspective, there's very simple and easy things we could do to really crush those countries uh, without using any war making or anything like that. We don't. And my question is why? And it's because I think people have their hands in their pot in the pot. And they rather, again, where we disagree, I think the elites are about cashing in. They're really not concerned about the people. We don't have any Vladimir Klitschko's that are going to go stand on a street and fight anybody. I mean, you'd get, Ed, if you said that, in the, if you flew to the United States and said that in a room full of those people, they'd laugh you out of the room. They'd laugh you out. They expect good old boys from Iowa to show up and do the fighting, just like they, if we go into war in Ukraine, that's who they are expecting to go do the fighting, not their kids. They're not expecting their kids to go over there. So, yeah, to your point, I applaud the Ukrainian people. And I applaud the Lithuanian people that are billionaires, that are standing in the street. But that uh, esprit de corps or that, uh, what, what is that, uh, the French word for, you know, like the, the love of one's nature, nation and virtue and things like that, um, you know, he, 
in here in the United States, and I know you don't want to get into domestic politics, but it ties in because our domestic policy ties into our foreign policy, is that they, they call people who are patriots or patriotic, who love the United States, who love the symbols of the United States, right? They call them, you know, bad people in this country. And those patriots and patriotic people are the ones that join the military, that go off into these foreign places to, to defend democracies. And you're just, you're just not going to have that. So, I, I mean, I think I agree with you. I think um, to, to recap my agreements, right, I, I, I agree with you that, um, that Putin and, and Xi um, are, have plans um, that, may, that probably don't include us, um, probably don't even include their own people. Uh, I agree with you. I think there's, there's a huge problem there, but I'm, you know, I'm sitting here one scratch of my head wondering why we're not doing those things. And, 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 and the Germans, like the Germans be damned. Uh, the Germans are killing their own, they're, they're killing their own economy. I, I don't know why. I don't know why the response would be like the Germans talk Joe Biden out of putting sanctions on Russia, taking them out of swift. Like who cares? If Putin is that bad, right? If Putin is that bad and your buddy's like, hey, man, you know, maybe you shouldn't really do it, but you would go, look, he's a really bad guy. I got to do this. Then you would just go do it. You wouldn't wait for consensus. You would just do it. And that's what I don't understand. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a thick headed, uneducated, you know, lump. I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't understand. Maybe these things are too complicated for me. Maybe I have a small brain. Um, but. I don't understand. I don't understand. Maybe, maybe I am uh, a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. I don't know. I don't know what no, to tell now, you. Now you're being over, overly critical towards yourself. First it was <laughs> Harvard and, and the elite, and, and now, now it's 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 you. No, no, stop. Uh, it's a good good question as to why we're not doing. Things that are, are, are st would still be a game changer, and that, uh, like you said, should have been done after the annexation of, of Crimea, because uh, uh, an obvious red line was crossed. Uh, in the, you know, basically, uh, we put up with the fact that uh, a ter territory of a of a sovereign uh, country was annexed, and we could have done in it then and. There was a proposal, a very clear proposal. It was among the options in, in Brussels uh, to to impose this sanction, and probably would have we would have averted the situation that we have today in Ukraine. And we haven't. Uh, we have unthinkable happening, and we, we we're still not doing that. Uh, the reasons for that, uh, from my point of view, are are, are several. There is a specific reason that a corporate narrow corporate interest finds uh, a way to into uh, grand politics and uh, someone would suffer because when you cut the Russians off it would basically freeze payments for for uh, the imported and exported goods Russia couldn't make payments it's it's billions of euros and apparently some some corporations found their way into your offices of our political leaders and convince them not 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 to do that that's that's i think that's an obvious explanation on that 
why 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 is it for is it possible for that to happen i i wouldn't blame the i think we're like uh an organism the, the whole society is is, is like a, a single organism i wouldn't blame put uh, the blame solely on the elites because the societies in in the west in the united states be it uh, the united states or or, or western europe uh they're, they're still not not sure if 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 they want to do the right thing because if they were uh, absolutely sure who is uh, who is uh, the aggressor here you would not have like you know ideas and theories floating that putin just wants to keep his border secure or that ukraine or or 300 uh, uh, Canadian or German uh, troops in in the Baltics pose a threat to Russia, or that uh, you know I don't know Poland will attack Russia. So we are being incredibly well, well not all of us, but some of us are, are being incredibly naive and, and stupid about that. And pu pu dictators like Putin. And uh, that's that's the um, advantage of every dictatorship against the democracy is to uh, ability to strike quickly and uh, very efficiently, and they understand that, and they're using that to their their advantage. We 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 stopped at some point. We stopped believing uh, ourselves, and we embraced those postmodernist ideas that there is no black and white, there is no truth and. And, and lies, there is, there is no good and evil. And maybe yeah, maybe we have to, uh, to listen to what Vladimir Putin has to say. Yeah, well, you know, killing Ukrainians is, is, is probably not good, but perhaps, perhaps he's doing that because Ukrainians would have killed even more people when, when they attack Russia. And, and you have those ideas floating not even in, in countries which are 5,000 miles away. I mean, for God's sake, we, in Lithuania, you have a considerable minority of Russian, Russia and Putin apologize who are saying the same thing. And they're basically living uh, uh, at, a, at a gunpoint of, of Kalashnikov and, and they still think that it's, that you, you, you can see that in Facebook comments on, or in comments of, local uh, news websites they they also think that uh, united states uh, uh, state department was was orchestrating and was pushing ukraine towards a, a military conflict with russia and the same with with uh, a, a alleged uh, you know control of uh, of american institutions of local uh governments that's the playbook of uh, that sergey lavrov the foreign minister of russia is playing and they will use it as an excuse to go to other countries uh, he said the same a couple of days ago he said uh, the same uh, or maybe not days weeks i think ago he said the same uh, about lithuania he said that the american ambassador is uh, basically approving uh ministers the members of uh, of cabinet of of lithuanian government and uh my my good friend is a minister of transport so please gary and todd be sure that he did not 
have to go to the uh, residence of the American ambassador to be approved a, a minister of transport. <laughs> okay, but there are many people who buy into those those rumors, those, those conspiracy theories. They they hate their 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 own countries, their own governments, their own institutions, and and they, it makes them feel more sympathetic towards uh, guys like Putin. So that's 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 a, a large, a very significant reason uh, to answer the question as to why we are still still not doing what we're capable, uh, what what would we could easily do today, right? Because that would be an easy decision that, that would have consequences. In five or eight years, maybe Putin will, will, will have an alternative to SWIFT because he, he knows that when he goes to Lithuania, well, maybe there, there will not be troops on, on the ground. Uh, maybe there will be, who knows? But by then, uh, I assume that uh, even Germany and, and France and Italy, even they would be ready to, to cut him off. But it will be irrelevant by them because maybe he will have a, an alternative. And I'm pretty sure that they're working on an alternative. They, 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 they calculated correctly that this was not going to happen this time, but they, they'll work out on an alternative until, I don't know, 2028 or 2030. So that's, like I said, we're weak. We're blaming ourselves from what's happening. The worst thing is being weak is, is much worse than, than, than being corrupt or stupid or, or probably worse than anything. Wow. Well, Ed, uh, I know you're short for time. We appreciate you uh, staying with us. I think you actually stayed over a little bit here. Um, appreciate cool. you doing that. Um, we love having you on. We want you to be safe. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're really hoping that, um, you know, good men rise to these leadership positions and uh, are able to make, I think, some non-military decisions, at least from our co my country's perspective, there's some non-military decisions they could make, which is, you know, opening the spigots, allowing, the, you know, Keystone Pipeline, all those things, make ourselves energy efficient and then allowing us to export uh, plenty of energy to our, our allies or, or the countries we're friendly with, with good trade relations uh, to counter, to be a counterweight. Um, so I hope good men rise. I, I, I hope, uh, again, uh, I hope the people of Ukraine are able to find some sort of, you know, safety or peace in this. Um, you know, I hope they're, they're able to defend their country and may, maybe shock the world and turn the Russians back. Um, anything is possible. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll be praying for those people. And, uh, yeah, I really, I really hope that this is a, the final wake up for everyone. And I, I think you hit it on the head and I, I, I there is a, a malaise in the West, and it is this uh, self-flagellation um, and these postmodern Marcusean um, kind of Foucault Marxist ideology that has permeated 
Um, and really it started in the United, it started in France and then came back, went to the United States and has come back as you talk about a pandemic. Uh, the real pandemic is that ideology. Uh, forget about any virus or anything. So, um, you know, hopefully that pandemic will also end and that will really secure the freedom of people. So um, again, thank you, Ed. I really appreciate you uh, tonight for us your early morning. Um, stay safe in Vilnius. Please keep us posted. Uh, hope to have you on again in the, uh, in the near future here to get an update. Hopefully next time we talk, uh, the situation on the ground has changed more to be more favorable. So uh, thank you very much, Ed. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. And if you have a chance, talk to, I don't know, five or, or, or seven or, or ten people and try to explain the, the situation uh, in Ukraine, especially to those who think that maybe it is Ukraine to blame or the United States to blame for what is happening. Because uh, we, we have to, we're not politicians, we're not Secretary Generals uh, of the United Nations, but we can do our part, start, start from, from small things, and, and maybe that will somehow contribute to the situation changing maybe not but but that's uh, a good thing to do and uh let's pray for ukraine uh, slava ukraine as, as, as very saying glory to ukraine and, and and its fighters right and their resistance all right well thanks have a great uh, have a great rest of your day thanks ed yeah thank you you want to just lead us out Oh, sure. I can do that. Um, so uh, thank you for listening to uh, Review the News, where we uh, make news make sense to you. Um, you can follow us at Review News 1000 on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Anchor and Spotify. Uh, just go ahead and throw in Review News 1000 in the Google search machine uh, or DuckDuckGo, and uh, you'll find us. So uh, thanks. Um, Ed, I guess if anybody wants to listen to the show, say, uh, you know, go ahead and, and pass that on as well. Um, and then uh, that's it. So thank you and uh, have a great night.